Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and I'm this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, man, it's been a while. We've had a lot going on in the past week. How you doing? I'm good. And honestly, it like it's weird. Like as soon as I started recording, I was like, oh my God, when's the last time we recorded the podcast? And it was like next last week. <laughs> yeah, last week, but it's been like feels like two or three weeks, just the amount of soccer and things that so much so much has happened in the last seven days uh in our soccer world and in all the other worlds uh that play soccer um so right off the bat let's let's do a little recap of our tournament weekend um so i went down to river with the 2008 girls and we also had uh at that tournament we had the 2010 boys the 09 girls playing up to the u13 division um, so the OA girls, uh, struggled a bit, uh, not because they were outplayed mostly because we can't score goals. Uh, we, we have a struggle when it comes to being able to capitalize on, on scoring opportunities or capitalizing on scoring opportunities. Um, so that was, that was a bit of a struggle. The Oh nine girls perform better every game, uh, playing up an age group, you know, ultimately that's their, their first experience at 11 v 11. Um, in the last game, they had to play against the 08 girls, which, you know, the, you were there the last time the 08 girls played the 09 girls 11 v 11. This was a completely different game. Like it was it was an entire different story. Uh, the 09 girls really stepped up. So I was very, very happy for them uh, and the, the work that Coach Jeff and Coach Brian have done with them. Uh, they did a really good job. So uh, and then you were you actually I mean, where you were in a Baltimore mania, but technically in Delaware. Uh, you, you and soccer, Dan were, were there. How was that? Yeah. Um, I mean, both groups came out to compete. Um, soccer, Dan put his group up in age or not up in age bracket, but up a competitive bracket, um, because he felt like his guy could compete. Um, and they, they kind of responded well. Um, I think the common thing with that group is they don't realize the potential and how good they actually could be. Um, as a group collectively, I think they need to kind of buy in and understand, you know, we the talent's here. You know, you guys just during that 60 or 90 minute game, they've just got to apply it because they can definitely compete with some of these higher quality teams um, than kind of what they show or sometimes what the scoreline reflects. So um, I thought they did a really good job. And then I had the 07 and 08 boys um, for their debut. Um, a lot of those guys, it was their first time playing travel soccer ever. Um, but I mean, we were able to compete, um, think the same thing, right? Like the scoreline doesn't really reflect what the game looked like. And that team got better every single game. And, it, and it's not always, you know, with teams that are brand new, it's not always about the results. It's about the little things that we worked on in training. Are they picking up these things? Are they opening up the right way? Are we trying to play our style of play? Things like that. That's what we're looking for. So. It's a process, but I mean, they competed well, and you know they get to do it again next week. That's right? Yeah, you go. You have another. You have another tournament. And this this time you got you got two teams going. Yeah. So you got the 0708s and then you got the nines um, playing a tournament. So that's that's gonna be really exciting because at least those for those guys they'll be able to actually play in their age group, which will which will be good for them. Um, so, um, and the 04 boys, uh, they were down in Baltimore, and um, I talked to Coach Josh about it. Um, he said, you know, they, they struggled a little bit at the beginning, mostly because they were, you know, they, they hadn't played it in quite some time. 
Um, so they struggled a bit, but by their last game, they kind of woke up and, and took down a decent team. So they, he said that they performed well throughout the weekend. He was happy with what, what he saw with them. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think Colin Dave, like talking to other coaches, is just like the COVID likes, right? Like we've been cramped training in small spaces all winter, yep. you know, we haven't really been able to compete and play throughout the winter against other opposition. So it's just like shaking off the rust. Like we've been out there, but I mean, it's a little bit different when you the whistle blows and yeah. we got three referees out there. It's a little, so, well, just getting into that rhythm, right? Just getting into that rhythm. So um, yeah, no, overall, overall looking forward to now this weekend. Um, so all of our zone one teams are playing this weekend at, at Hokesson. We got a jam packed schedule. Um, you're you're gonna come up and, and do a little guest coaching uh with some of the younger teams. Um I just have the 2010 girls, so I'm really excited because I get to spend my entire weekend with them. Um so that's always fun when I only have to really uh take coach care of one team. team. Yeah, just coach one team and makes it makes my life a lot easier. Um and then even next weekend I'm I'm going to Cecil uh to kind of evaluate players, help some teams out, um, do a little guest coaching myself. So it'll be it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. So yes, yeah, so, I mean it's Hokeston is always a fun tournament. You know, we we try to support the local the local tournament scene when we can. Um, it, it's close to home. Um, play some local competition. We'll play other teams from around the state, which is always good. It's always fun. I'm really looking forward to to this weekend. I mean, um, shout out to Delaware, man. This is like the fourth tournament this month. Yeah, I think yeah. there, there might have been more, but at least. The past two or three weeks, there's been four tournaments that have been hosted in Delaware. Yeah. I think all at different locations too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's great. It's great for it's great for us to be able to have uh, local competition and local places to play for our players. It helps with the guidelines and everything else as well. So really looking forward to that. Um, one other thing that we announced this past week was our summer camps. So our summer camps are, are open now. Um, we got two day camps. Uh, June 21st to the 24th, August 9th through August 12th. And then we have our discovery camp, which will be for three to six year olds. That'll be July 5th through the 8th. Uh, then we're going to do a diamonds camp with our Delaware Union diamonds players. Uh, that'll be July 19th through the 22nd. And then we'll have a goalkeeper and finishing camp August 2nd through the 5th. Uh, all that information is on our website, DelawareUnion.com. And you can go DelawareUnion.com slash summer hyphen camps. And all the information is there. Uh, obviously, uh, everything else is also on our social media accounts, uh, facebook.com slash Delaware Union, on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer, and on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. Delaware Union Diamonds update real quick before we get into our interview. Um, we are close to having the schedule completely finalized for the UWS 2 uh, for the Delaware Union Diamonds. Uh, really looking forward to that season kicking off in June. Uh, we're going to, and we'll, by next week, we'll, we will probably announce a third tryout that we'll do. So we're, we're really looking forward to, to all that, uh, to keep up to date with that information, facebook.com slash D E union diamonds or on Instagram at D E union diamonds. Also, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a comment, leave us a rating. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Dwayne, do you remember a couple weeks ago when we had uh, Stephanie Cleves on the podcast and we talked about AOL emails? Yeah, we were talking about Messenger and all that good stuff. So I got an email shortly after that that said, I still have an AOL email. 
uh, and this is our from our guest. So we're uh, our, our guest today is Mike Welsh. He's the director of coaching of Steel United PA, and uh, they're going to be playing in the UWS two with us this summer. But uh, Mike emailed me and was like, "Hey, I still have an AOL email account." Uh, Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, so, do you still use your AOL account? Uh, so it's it, it's the the MSM one, right? So it's at yeah. MSN. I, I was laughing when you said some people still have the the OG one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're at Steel United PA, which Steel United is uh, one of the fastest growing clubs in the country right now. Like you guys are blowing up all over the place. Um, so tell us about Steel United and Steel United PA or Pennsylvania in general. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's almost overly complicated so i'll just give you a very very quick history of it if i can to, to explain it so um we we had uh we were always called uk elite soccer for the longest time so they've yep. been around for like 20 years and they would go into soccer clubs and basically be more like trainers yeah um and then a while back we started our own club uh and for a good few years we were called uh, fc usa um and years ago, we got bought out by a company called Steel. And it, it got a bit confusing because we had Steel and then we had UK Elite and then we had FCUSA and nobody knew we were related. So they rebranded everything to Steel. So we're actually a part of Steel Sports, which, believe it or not, has a baseball and a softball arm as well. Um, and then for Steel United, which is our club, I think we're based in nine states now and we're in like Texas and uh, Seattle and Massachusetts, we're all over the place. Um, but yeah, it's like a, a national program. And um, obviously with that, you know, it's, it's quite exciting. We, we recently started a national team. And um, I think the thing I'm most proud of about the club is that, you know, we're, we're classed as a social impact company. Um, and a lot of the, the best stuff we do is off the field. So we have, you know, our mission is to create leaders on and off the field. So some of the stuff we do is we have like, an athlete's leadership council where the players are on a council that, you know, join in in the decision-making, uh, like social impact stuff we do. Again, they're involved in that. They recently started a, a Women of Steel, which is really cool, which is like a leadership group of all of our like female coaches. Um, and then uh, very recently, we started something called Steel Ideals, which is like a diversity and inclusion group. Um, so there's a, a lot of stuff going on, which is kind of a very quick overview. That's really exciting, and uh, we we love we love hearing from clubs that are that are doing things off the field or even things that impact the on the field performances that have to do with things outside of just kicking a ball. Um, so for us, that's that's always that's always really cool to hear. So how did um, how did you guys get? started with uws like where did the the idea because i know uh steel united new jersey is also playing as well in the uws too so how did how did that come about yeah it was funny it kind of was just um perfect timing almost so we we toyed with the idea of doing a women's team maybe last year and it didn't quite come off um and i got a call from dominic who is our, our one of our directors in new jersey and he, and he told me you know They'd entered this great new league and I should look into it. Um, and, you know, I was skeptical at first. And then, you know, I've heard you guys say similar things. The more and more I researched it, the more I was impressed. Um, and it just seemed to 
seemed to fit in with everything um the the you know the same kind of beliefs that we had and um it just seemed to snowball really quickly and then before you know it we were we were in the league and we were looking for players so um but yeah I'm really really excited about it and you know hopefully we're hoping over the next few years maybe we can get a team in league one and then who knows down the line with the pro team they're planning on so it's it's exciting yeah no absolutely and I saw so you guys on social media announced uh, announced some players uh, already. So how's the how's the makeup of the team coming along? Like how were your tryouts? Um, you know, give us the, the this little scouting report so that way <laughs> that way Dwayne and I can kind of plan ahead. Absolutely. I mean, so it's funny when we when we first decided to do it. My thinking was, you know, we have a very good O three team, um, and that was always going to be kind of the base for it. Um, and you know, obviously. The, one of the reasons I was really interested in the league was one, it was given more opportunities to our female players, right? And more of a pathway. And um, two, it was great kind of to prepare them for college. And then the third reason was selfishly, you know, I've coached a lot of our female alumni and I'm really excited at the idea of maybe getting some of them back to play for us. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've, you know, we had our first tryout and we, we kind of, our team came together really quick. I feel like maybe a lot faster than most people. And, you know, we have some of our O3s playing. We have a couple of alumni playing in college. And then we also have like a couple of local college players that were just looking for somewhere to play during the summer. That's great. And that, that crazy, like how all of a sudden you put out this announcement like this and you find players that, A, you had no idea were really around your area or B, like we ran into a couple of players that were just a little bit older. Uh, we've had a player reach out to us from Texas. Uh, that's got like a tie to Delaware that maybe wants to be here over the summer. So like it, we're kind of all, like, it's, it's, it's crazy what this league has been able to create from an opportunity perspective. And that's, that's really what it comes down to, right? Just creating opportunities for players, expanding that pathway. Um, so is there a plan for you guys to maybe do some preseason scrimmages with your New Jersey team? It's a good question. I was actually thinking about that the other day. We haven't spoke about it yet, but um, you know, Dominic's regularly telling me kind of, some of the players he's recruited, I think he's trying to intimidate me a little bit. Is there going to be like a little wager in there? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be fun. I mean, like, and again, you know, like you said, some of the the opportunities, some of the stuff that can come out of this is, is so exciting. I mean, you know, one of the things I'm most excited about is having some of our younger girls teams coming out to watch and making it even more of a, you know, I'm big on the family feel of the club. Um, so, yeah, playing you know, our New Jersey team would be really exciting. I'm sure we'll, we'll do that. And then back to your earlier point, like we, uh, we have a nice mix on this team. So like I said, we have some high school seniors, some girls that are currently playing in college. And we actually have one or two older players that, you know, have, have graduated college, one who actually used to coach for us. So I think a few of our girls are really excited to play with her. Um, so it's, yeah, man, it's exciting. Like you said, the opportunities uh, really you know, really exciting. Yeah, no, we're we're really we're really excited for what the league's going to bring, and I think and I think in you know you're you're our second guest or third, I guess, if we count Stephanie as 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 a as more of a like part of the league instead of like overseeing the league perspective. But anyway, so um, as we talked to to Sean last week and Holly from Keystone, and we're talking to you today, like I feel like also this this. The, this mid-atlantic conference is also building a good like foundation of just like good just just like-minded people um there's going to be obviously the rivalry right like ultimately like we're all going to step on the field and like none of us are going to want to lose so uh but at the same time i think 
you know, it's it's going to hopefully build a, a relationship and a friendship of of being able to collaborate with different things, like support each other. Like we're going to play each other at the at the you know U twenty three level, but can we also then you know create a relationship at the youth level as well, right? Like can we actually set up some friendly, support each other's tournaments, things like that? Like I think from a club perspective, this brings up so many different opportunities that sometimes um, you know at the youth level there's so much competition within each other that like at times becomes not healthy uh, instead of just realizing that we're all here for the same purpose and the same reason. So there's really no reason to just compete, just work together towards a common goal of just making soccer better, making the experience better for the families, as you said. Um, So hopefully, hopefully that's able to come out this summer uh, with this. I like, I, I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to the, the environment and the atmosphere we want to create during the games. Like I want, yeah. I want the families, the families out there. Absolutely. It's exciting. And it's funny you mentioned the, the relationships because I know Sean at uh, Keystone coaches their 03 team. Yep. And, uh, a few years ago, we played them in the state cup final and they beat us three, two. So uh, then we'll, we'll definitely uh, have a laugh about that when we, we see them, but you're right. Like it's, you know, it's, it's like-minded people trying to create opportunity for the, the female game. And it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to collaborating with everyone and, and seeing what we can do. For sure. And also, you know, don't be surprised if uh, if one of those first couple of weekends, uh, you might see me and Duane just out there scouting, <laughs> just uh, just taking the day trip and uh, just going out there to scout scout some of the games. Uh, you know, if we just see a random person with a camera, that's probably just going to be us. <laughs> we'll pass it off as we're doing research for the podcast. <laughs> hey, if you come and do any scouting hosties, make sure you come yeah. and say hello. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh we want to learn more about you in general as a coach. Um, we feel like everybody that comes on the podcast is a story you tell, and we want to be able to give everybody that opportunity. So, how did you get started in coaching in general? I think my story might be one of the most random you'll get. Uh, oh, yes, I love it. It's very, very strange. So you know, like like most people in coaching soccer, you know, I I was obsessed growing up. I'm a massive Everton fan. Uh, I had a season ticket at Everton when I was younger, and um, obviously, as I got older and I realised my playing days were numbered, um, I started kind of dabbling in coaching at first, and it was never something I took too seriously. It was never something I thought that would become a career, definitely. Um, and then. Funnily enough, my my brother actually lives over here in, I don't know if you know, Downingtown. Oh, yeah. Um, so I came over one year on vacation uh, to visit him and just fell in love with Pennsylvania. I just love, love America, love the weather, the people. I just loved everything about it. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of came back from this one vacation. I was like, I need to find a way to get back out there. Um, so I, you know, I did a bit of research and obviously at that time I was kind of slowly getting into coaching and I'd, I'd done like my basic badge in England. I think it's the FA level one. Um, and I stumbled across UK elite, just blind luck. Um, and I applied and kind of the funny part of the story at the same time is during these visits to see my brother, I actually met my now wife. Um, and we, you know, we were keeping in touch at the time. I think it was Skype at the time and it was before FaceTime and um and you know so anyway I being not the smartest person didn't realize just how big Pennsylvania is so I was like oh I'll find the you know a coaching job in Pennsylvania I'm sure I'll be down the road from it 
Um, so anyway, the UK Elite worked out. They invited me out to come and work for the summer. Um, and again, just by complete luck or fate, whatever you want to call it, I ended up in a place uh, near Bryn Mawr, and I was about 15 minutes away from where my wife lives. I mean, of all of Pennsylvania, of all of the places I could have been put. Could have easily ended up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. I could have been hours away. So just blind luck, I was local. And then when I first came out, uh, it was kind of doing camps and um, eventually it became training teams. And I came out for a summer and fall. Then it, they kind of did like nine-month visas. So I would come in March and stay till November. I did that for a few years. So my first year was back in 2009. So I did the kind of nine-month visa for a few years, and then we got married in 2013, and I went full-time then. Um, and, of course, as I'm coming back and I'm, you know, doing kind of higher-level teams and what have you, uh, I got involved in our in our club that was FC USA. I think it was FC Philadelphia at the time. And then eventually I kind of was like the director of a certain age group and then eventually become the director of our of our region in Pennsylvania for the club. Um, and then now we just we just keep growing. So right now I think we have just under 20 teams and we're hoping to have 30 teams next year. So we're going really fast. And I've kind of moved over now to be overseeing the girl side because it was a bit too much with the whole club. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been an interesting to come over for one summer to do kind of camps and then get married and end up doing this full time out here. It's been a, a hey, that's that's awesome. I mean, ultimately you can say that you owe it all to your wife. Yeah, exactly. She would definitely say that. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, you know, that's that's always helpful because um, as, as uh, you know, having having a partner in life that um, that is not necessarily in the soccer world is always different uh, because the soccer world, can, especially at the youth level, can become a little exhausting times, uh, their responsibilities, uh, relationships with some parents and things like that. And uh, so you have the ability to say, listen, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. So like, <laughs> if you ever get mad, like, it's kind of like, you know, it's on you too. So I'm going to use that. So she, she might come and blame you when I use that excuse. <laughs> I mean, listen, if, uh, if that happens and she comes up to me when we play you guys and she goes, are you Sebastian? I said, nope, not Sebastian. That's, that's not me. That's uh, that guy over there. I'm just going to point to Dwayne. <laughs> point at Dwayne's way. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's the, that's the head coach right there. That's him. Not me. <laughs> Uh, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, well, we're hoping that this next, that we're hoping based on some of the the things that you've done, hopefully this uh, leads to a cool answer too. Um, so, what jobs outside of soccer have you had that like maybe are a little out there, or a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit different? Yeah, so it's it's funny with the the nature of you know I was saying I was doing those nine month visas. I was I was in England basically November till March every year, which is a weird weird. Time. Oh, that's like that's like yeah. summer weather, right? Like just beach yeah, weather, yeah. beach weather in England. Right? You know, England's just grey all year round, unfortunately, <laughs> which is probably why I'm living here. But uh, but yeah, so for those weird times, I was home. I was always I had a lot of weird in between jobs. Uh, you know, I was doing some some coaching, mostly voluntary in between, but um, some of the more interesting ones. So I don't know what you would call it over here in England. They call it a, a bookmaker. It's like a betting company. Um, so I worked in like a branch where I would take like gambling bets, like on soccer or horses or whatever. That was quite an interesting job. Uh, what they call that a bookie? Yeah. Yeah. 
a bookie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, he, he was I was thinking there. the same thing. I was just like, isn't it just a bookie? Yeah, sorry, that's good. Yeah, bookie. It was in, it was in a rough area, so it was. Uh, it was some interesting days. It wasn't just a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so that, uh that was... what was it? What was the what was the guy Richie movie? Uh was it Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? A little bit a little bit of that. Wasn't quite as dramatic as that. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> because yeah, now so... now now that would change the entire dynamic of uh of our game and get me like us against you. Like <laughs> I, I'm gonna sit there just quietly, not saying yeah. a word the entire game, just afraid of Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite as intimidating as Vinnie Jones. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was that was an exciting job. I en- I enjoyed that. It was very interesting. And then um, the other one, uh, which maybe is a lot less interesting, but you know, I kind kind of enjoyed it. Is for for a few years, I was actually in like selling insurance. Believe it or not, it was a bit of home car pet insurance and maybe not that exciting but it was uh it was something i was quite good at at the time interesting huh it's very random odd jobs yeah, yeah. it is a- <laughs> so i i do want to i do want to ask so um because i think i feel like i i might have texted this to Dwayne like a few months ago like month month and a half or two ago i was watching a premier league game and and this is this has been like the third or fourth week in a row where I turn on I turn I forget who I was watching specifically, and it was just like, just like misting rain, like it wasn't like a hard rain, just misting rain. That's just like, oh man, like that's every year, like around this time, like so. We are random off topic question, but like, does that like do you ever get used to it? Like to that part of it, like that part of the year where it's just kind of like probably like 40 or 50 degrees and just like misting rain yeah it's it's i guess you you get used to what you grow up in right but it right. Would, england i always say and I, listen I, I i love england right but it's it's gray most of the year i think in the summer you know <laughs> where i'm where i'm from is you know we're, we're quite near the the water and um you know you get one day that over here you'd be like eh, like 65 and sunny like that's not a bad summer's day everyone flocks to the water because it's like a beautiful day for us um and it's embarrassing like you can't get anywhere near because it it's just people everywhere so you're right it's it's gray and light rain a lot of the year and it doesn't get super warm it doesn't get super cold um and you'll see a lot of people wearing like i know when i grew up a lot of kids wearing shorts like year round because it's there's not much of a change in temperature Actually, that's exciting. That's that's my kind of weather right there. Shorts yeah. weather year round. So today, everybody's up. everybody's at the beach. Exactly. Yeah, Everybody, right. everybody's taking off work. They're going to the beach. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a particularly nice beach, but uh, yeah, as soon as it's a nice day, everyone's flocking down there. Uh, who are your three favorite soccer players? So being a big Evertonian, uh, unfortunately, well, I was going to say, unfortunately, not a lot of people over here know a lot about Everton, but we've had some great American players. So thankfully, you know, with Tim Howard and, you know, Landon Donovan was on loan with us for a bit. And even before them, if many people know, Brian McBride played for us for a little bit. Um, So maybe some people do know a bit more about Everton. But when I was growing up, um, one of my heroes, and he probably wasn't the best role model as a player, was a guy called Duncan Ferguson. Um, and if you don't know Duncan Ferguson, you type him into the internet, it'll be a lot of his red cards. He was a very dirty player. Um, old-fashioned striker. He was big, he was nasty. Um, but 
he the reason I loved him was, um, and I'm sure a lot of soccer fans can relate to us now, is he he loved the club. You know, it's not one of these people that you're always worried that when the next best thing comes, they'll leave. He actually had an Everton tattoo on his arm, which is how much he loved the club. Um, but again, he on the field, he wasn't a very nice man. Uh, from the story they read off the field, he seems like a good guy. There's a lot of work for charity. And he's actually Carlo Ancelotti's assistant coach now. Um, so you'll see him on the sideline. He's a very passionate Everton fan. So I grew up on him. And then anyone who watches the Premier League now, I, I absolutely love a guy we signed this year called Ben Godfrey. Uh, so he's a defender and he's big, stocky, really quick centre-back. So I love watching him play. And then, you know, I, I coach mostly girls team now, so I'd be amiss if I didn't throw a, a female player in there. And I've I've been lucky enough to see a few US women national team games. And there's a few players I used to love watching, Abby Wambach, that kind of striker. And, I, I, you know, there's, you know the, there's a lot of them. But the one that stood out to me that I thought was really exciting um, I used to love watching uh, Tobin Heath because yeah. every time she got the ball, I felt like something exciting was going to happen. So she she would she would be the third one I'd slide in there. Nice, awesome. So that's that's a, that's quite a range that you got there. Oh, yeah. with like very different players. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I mean you got you got a decent spine, right? Like <laughs> yeah, center you. back got a little attacking mid going oh, on, and it's just, just yeah. a forward that's going to like be your enforcer too yeah when, when you when you look at duncan ferguson don't judge me too harshly because like i say he was uh oh no i just i just did one like little youtube search as i as we were as you were talking about him and like the first the first two videos <laughs> one of them is duncan ferguson angry moments the next one is roy Keane versus <laughs> duncan ferguson wild moments it's just 11 minutes total of videos of this guy just like <laughs> well, so I typed them into Google, and it said, "How the first question pops up? How many red cards did Duncan Ferguson?" <laughs> I'm like, he, "Geez, he was he was classed as a as a hard man, they call it, right?" But he, uh, the one thing he did do was he used to always score against the big team. So Everton's big rival, obviously, in the same city as Liverpool, and the other big one not far from us was Man United, and he always used to score against both of them. Um, which made him a bit of a fan favourite. But like I said, he, he loves Everton. And uh, last year, before Carlo Ancelotti came in, he he managed a couple of games. And if you if you look it up, we we beat Chelsea. And he's running up and down the sideline, picking up ball boys, going in like he just loves the club. And you can't you can't not love him. Oh, uh, that's so there there is something that, and I feel like to a certain extent, I exp- I'm experiencing this right now. Um, I'm from Argentina and I'm a big Boca Juniors fan and Carlos Tevez is on his like last year, year and a half before he's done. And then like, I feel like he's the last one. He's the last like Boca, like idol, like left, left, like left in existence that like, you're like, Oh my God, like this guy represents everything about the club. And I even almost feel like at times, like there's, there's less of that. Like, there's there's less of that going on, right? Like you're talking about Duncan Ferguson, like like the like loving the club and and like representing the club. I feel like in general across the world, I think I mean financially, that's it, it has to be do a big a, a big part because of that. You know, everybody talks about Neymar basically changed the landscape of of world football with with his when he left Barcelona, but but I think. 
you know, I think that's, that's the thing that's missing. Like, you know, like the guy that's going to be there for a long time. Yeah. And I'm not talking like, Oh, he gave us three good years. I'm talking like he gave us 10 years of his life. Yeah. It's funny because like, you know, and again, keep bringing it back to Everton because it's the club. I, you know, I, I love yeah. Well, um Yeah. The homegrown players, definitely. They get it right. They grew up in the area. They love the team and, uh, Everton right now we have a guy called Tom Davis who plays in centre mid. Like he he's from from the area, um, and it's a shame because Ross Barkley was from the area and he left to go to to Chelsea. But, but it doesn't even have to be people from the area. Like Everton have a, our captain is Seamus Coleman who's who's Irish, but all you ever read online is how much he loves the club and 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 how much he you know instills on people. And, and like you say, he's been there easily over ten years, so it's. Yeah, you, you need people to understand the club. Right. I, I think if not it's just a revolving door of players that come in and out once every two years, three years, you end up cycling out of players. And then I think I think your the legacy ends up going away, you know. Like yeah. the so uh, it's just an interesting I think it's an interesting topic altogether to <clears throat> to talk about like who are the like in the big clubs around the world, who are the like the standard. I mean, you I mean you look at even if you look at like Italy, right? I mean, Sanetti, for example, played at Inter Milan. The majority of his like when he left Argentina, that's where he went, like, and that's where he played. Yeah. So, like, you you end up with with certain players that, and now he works for the club, right? So, like, you like that, like that full circle moment of 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 that, I think is is extremely important too. You've seen it a little bit more with managers now, right? Like, I mean, I know Lampard didn't last at Chelsea very long. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like Perlo, and there's there's a few of them that kind of, and I think Gerard will eventually end up at Liverpool one day. Yeah, Ho- hopefully they can, because you're right. Like so, when you've been around the club for so long, you get the club, you get the fans. And I think it's it's important to to try and maintain that. Yeah, well, it well, helps because they can bring in players that fit the model, right? Instead of just right. going out and buying the most expensive guy, maybe it's a cheaper guy that fits what the club's all about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, Mike, uh, before you leave, uh, can you tell us uh, where we can find Steel United PA on social media in general? We want to make sure people go and like your social media pages uh, and keep up to date with the new players you guys signed for your W two team, a USW two team, and like so things like that. So, who? What's your? What's the social media that people can can find you in? Absolutely. So I'm I'm not very good on Twitter, unfortunately, but we we use Instagram and Facebook a lot. Um, so if you if you're on Instagram, we have a a, a Steel United uh, page for like the the general the whole, um, you know, nationally, and then our uh, I think we're Steel United underscore PA for for Instagram for our region. So you'll see all the I think we've announced ten or eleven of the players. I'm trying my best to do one a day. Yeah. Um, and then on Facebook again, I think it's Steel United Pennsylvania. But yeah, you put Steel United in, uh, and our website steelunited.com. Um, but yeah, like I say, really, really excited to get the UWS stuff going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, uh, we're, we look forward to seeing you on the field. Then uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast, sir. Guys, thank you so much. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Moving on to the start of something that has been long awaited. High school soccer. It's been two years. Yeah. High school soccer kicked off this week. Uh, 
with some canceled games because of rain and things like that. But uh, but ultimately, a lot of games actually did happen. Um, some of the uh, some of the I mean, we'll we'll do a little recap of some of our friends, but at the same time, some of our uh, some of the big matchups around the state. So right off the bat, uh, shout out to Polytech. Uh, Polytech already two and zero, beating Poly- Woodbridge and then beating Sussex Central yesterday. Polytech starting off strong. I see what Soccer Dad did with that schedule. Soccer Soccer Director. I see uh, what you did with that schedule. Yeah, yeah. Soccer director over there. Is, get, your, uh, get your five or six wins. Get your get yourself locked into the tournament. Then go play the D one teams. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then the uh, I mean we'll check in co- on Coach Anthony, who's the assistant at St. Mark's, playing against Middletown High School, which he coaches the boys team for Middletown High School. So he's he's got a little bit of both in there. And also a big shout out to to Anthony for for having a big day today. Uh, he's uh. Yeah, just big shout out to him for having a big day today. That's what that's we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, if you but, know, you know. If you don't know, you just don't know. You just don't know. You're not you're not in. You're not in. Gotta not get in it. that Italian circle. No, gotta get in with the marketing marketing and analytics department. Um, Anthony Fontana knows. Anthony Fontana does know. That's right. Uh, so St. Mark's with the upset. I mean, to a certain extent, it is an upset. St. Mark's beating Middletown. Um, at least you know the last couple of years. I don't know if that's happened, um, but uh, hey, I don't. I don't know the backstory of that rivalry. I can tell you. I can give you some stats of the Hinlopen rivalry from earlier this week. I mean, listen. The last time they played, uh, well, they well the last time they played, they went one and one, right? Or no, actually, no. Sorry, no, no, no. I I lie. Middletown beat St. Mark's three nothing in the eighteen nineteen season. So, uh, so it's been it's been some time since. Um, since Middletown lost to St. Mark's. So oh. good, good for St. Mark's. Uh, they got, they got, they got quality, quality group of players, quality coaching. Um, so ultimately very, very good job by them on uh, th- listen, 2017, 2018 season. They lost eight, nothing to Middletown. That was uh, that state championship season, right? Yeah, that's porch. That's Brian Derrickson. Yeah, then they lost six one the year before. Yeah, so it's been it's been some time before since uh since St. Mark's since St. Mark's beat beat Middletown. Yeah, it was in overtime. So uh to congratulations to to Coach Anthony. Um then um big shout out to our buddy Lance Berry at Caravel going two and oh also. So far, uh, eight nothing against Delmarva Christian, and then three nothing against Apo. Big win there. That is a big win against Apo. Um, I heard it was a really good game. Um, we have a lot of players that play uh, at. We have some players that play at mid, at Caravel, and we also have some players that play at at um, at Apo. Players that play at all three schools. Really, Delmarva Christian. Uh, do we have a Delmarva Christian player? One. Who, who do we have a Delmarva Christian? I have no idea. Our number nine. Our Grace. number. Uh, our number nine. Grace Betterman. Sussex Academy. Uh, wrong school. Yeah. One no. of those schools down there. Yeah, because Tech is uh Tech is Murphy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I I think so. Maybe wrong. I don't know. 
I have no idea. I I know like somewhere down there. Somewhere down there. It's not um, a mainstream. And then the other, I mean, let let's let's talk about the other big results from the this, unraveling uh, of, the, of the beast. I I mean, listen, the fact that Cape lost both games is interesting. Um, at the same time, the fact that Smyrna beat River six to three. Is two hat uh, tricks, yes, yeah. So, uh, I would say if you got to on your schedule, watch out, watch, uh, go to your local track team, your school track team, find your 100 and 200 meter runners because you're gonna need them because Sarna yeah. is fast, Best. they've yep. got pace, yep. Um, and then lastly, um, we save the best for last. Uh, to, to tonight, four o'clock, the Ducks kick off for their first ever girls soccer game. Who are the Ducks playing? Play, we're playing Del Castle. Del Castle. Okay. So I am. I'm really looking forward to uh, to coaching this this group. You know, we've been training for four weeks, three weeks, however long it's been. Um, the the girls have really been working hard, considering our limitations for numbers of players. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. They're really nervous. Um, even though a lot of them played soccer before, play travel soccer in general, they're very nervous just because they just want to get that first game out of the way. Uh, they know it's a building year for them, um, but but it's okay. I told them I was like, nerves nerves are okay at that level. So um, so Sebastian, if you win tonight, you become the Odessa High School most winningest coach. Yeah, if I lose, Girl I also soccer. become I also become the most losing coach. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> no matter what, I set a record. <laughs> yeah, you set records all over. Yeah, no, my goal, my goal is definitely to get a W here, um, and and really just start start building a really good program at Odessa. We got fantastic facilities, fantastic people that work in the school, and fantastic students. So we're really looking forward to that. So, you know, small PSA if anyone wants to transfer or something like that. More than welcome to. <laughs> not sure you could put that out there, but yeah, probably not. So no, not a PSA. We did um, forget one one of our other neighbors where we have a lot of high school players on that team. Cr. Yes. Yeah. Lost. Lost one one one. Lost one one one. Yeah. Like, you know it, lo- lost, lost to Lake Forest has some Delaware Union players on it too. That was the first time they lost. In the Hillop to a Hillop and South team in 10 years, over wow. 10 years, like wow. 12 years. And they have beat Lake Forest nine or they've scored 99 goals against Lake Forest, only giving up three of that span. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. Talk about an upset. Records are meant to be broken. Um, so there you go. And these stats are not verified or fact checked. So <laughs> So have, they might not even be real. No, they're real. They're hundred percent real. The ninety-nine goals may be extensive, but they could it very well could be accurate. Hey, got ninety-nine problems, but Lake Four or but CRA one. CRA one of them. Yeah, there you go. Got a tiger. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, people listen and get that reference. Um, if not, if not, that might be that. It might be going back to that AOL account. <laughs> reference yeah over <laughs> over the head over the fence that's right um all right so let's let's quickly talk to uh, about the u.s men's national teams uh 4-1 against jamaica 
And then the under 23s losing to Mexico, um, but have already won the first two games. So ultimately into the semifinals against Honduras. And as much as this tournament is important, ultimately the most important thing about the tournament is winning this next game. Um, you beat Honduras. That's it. That's you. The goal has been achieved. Ultimately, the goal is to get to the Olympics. All you got to do is make it to the final and then you're in the Olympics. So, um, you know, ultimately, I think the 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 smart money is on the fact that U.S., the U.S. should beat Honduras and then Mexico should beat whoever it is that they're playing. And then both teams should make it to the Olympics. But I, Well, I, I hope, right? Um, I hope they don't wait as long as they decided to wait against the Dominican Republic to score. Yeah, um, I hope they kind of just go out there. I will say their- that I will say that just like in previous years, even in the U seventeen years as well, Mexico once again showing a strong youth national team. Yeah, um, like I don't want to say scary, but like their national team looks like like grown men out there. Now, granted, now granted, the a lot of the U twenty three players are playing on the senior team against Jamaica, so the U.S. has a lot of like movement to do in general between now and the Olympics with a lot of competitions going on in general. So it really depends on where, where the big focus is going to be for them. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see what there's, happens. There's a lot of, there's a, our U23 team can be like world-class. Yeah. Cause we're still able to fit those guys in that, that system. Like yep. Gio Reyes, and Pulisic that he wants to play. Anderson, uh, Aronson. Aronson. Like, yep. I think our starting lineup for the most part from yesterday, the could majority play. of them could play the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, one last topic before we before we bring, begin to wrap up with things. Um big news out of this morning. Like really just like I, I woke up to the news basically. Well, actually I had already been up, but like I, I saw the news very early on this morning. Um Thierry and Ree uh deciding to leave social media. Um, because, um, until the people that, so I'll read the quote. So it says, hi guys, from tomorrow morning, I will be removing myself from social media until people in the power, people in power are able to regulate their platforms with the same vigor and ferocity that they currently do when they, when you infringe copyright. Um, so it, it, it honestly has to do with just the amount of racism, bullying, mental torture and, and everything else that's just creating a toxic environment in social media. Um, so I, it's, it's going to be a big topic of conversation. I know the FA has recently pulled out or, or put out some things as well, calling social media companies to, um, to, to really crack down on these things. Um, but I mean, when you look at it at like Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, uh, and a bunch of other players that have that have been over the last few months been subjected to these like social media outbursts um, that really just don't have a place. Like I, my my thing is like if you want to criticize a player, or you want to voice your opinion because they didn't play well, you think that a coach is putting in the wrong players or something like that, and you're ultimately using it as your your soapbox. Great, fantastic, go for it. But like. Leave it to the opinion of just soccer. Like, leave it to being soccer related, right? Like, hey, listen, like, I don't think you're you're good enough to play at so and so team because you're technically not able to play there, or like you can't handle the pressure moments or whatever. That like it even that to me is a stretch. 
like to me the, the like social media is to post pictures of your kids or like i honestly could care less and and really just to like honestly when i see people's opinions on things i could absolutely care less about them um why do like twitter when twitter first came out like the big thing was like you're able to interact with celebrities and people you wouldn't normally be able to interact with like it, it was a big thing like i know chad otisinka was one of like the first celebrities on twitter and yeah. you, you know kind of have a conversation or hey meet me at this park i'm giving stuff away like things like that that's yeah like what the purpose of it for, was for and now it's kind of changed directions where it could be used in a negative way i think that it's going to take uh, a lot of players have been talking about protesting, setting out games, things like that. I think that's what it unfortunately will have to take for people to start actually taking action on some of these things. Like it's going to take them showing up to a game, taking a knee, protesting the game, refusing to play the game and hitting the owner's pockets for yeah. something to finally happen. And it can be such a positive thing, right? Use it to highlight, to highlight positive things about your life or of, about, about other people. Like, if you really like spend time to like make a comment about somebody else, like you're like, first of all, small minded in general to begin with, to just to have the thought process in general within your head. But second of all, to go out and put in social media, it's even, it's even worse. Like just, just keep your mouth shut. Just like, does it really bother you that much? Like, is that really making a difference to you? If it like, bothers you that much. Lace up the boots, try out for the team. Yeah, man. You never know. Um, Go do something about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, player of the match. <laughs> um, mine is going to go to Danielle Garini. Um, so sad news this week. Um, teenager from Lazio, 19-year-old, passed away after a car crash on Wednesday. Um, he was in the Lazio Youth Academy, had gone on loan, um, a couple of times to Torino and Fiorentina and Spal, um, and was, you know, had played in a couple of youth national teams in Italy as well. Uh, so really sad news in Italy. Um, Daniel Guarini passing away at the age of 19 um, due to a car accident. So obviously you never want to see anybody pass away. Um, but, it, you know, this one close, hit close to home in the soccer world as well, considering it was a youth player. Uh, so my player of the match goes goes out to Daniel Greeny and his family. Yeah, Yours. Definitely. Mine is kind of on that same common theme. Like, um, So like the overseas players in Europe, so like the players that are not from European countries that really can't travel, um, like they can't go home for national team duty. Uh, like Jurgen Klopp couldn't even go see his own mother's funeral because of coronavirus yep. uh, restrictions. Alice Becker couldn't go to view his dad when he passed away back in Brazil just because yep. like, they would miss almost a month just from quarantines in yep. the respective sides. So just the players in Europe, I mean, they've kind of been on their own. If you're know, if you if you're from like Brazil, you're living in England, you've kind of been in England for the past year, haven't really been able to see family if they don't live in the same country. So they've kind of just been on their own, just worried about soccer for the past year. Strip for the most part. And they were isolated for three months as well. So yep. shout out to all those players that are pushing through it, still going out there and performing on Sundays because I mean there's a lot of there's a lot that goes on to being a soccer player and living your regular life. Yeah, no, absolutely for sure. On this day in soccer history. All right. So this was actually not not too far 
uh, not not too far ago, not too long ago. So March 26, 2008, um, David Beckham got his 100th cap with the England national team. Um, unfortunately, they lost uh, to, to France in that game. Uh, but uh, one of the really cool things is at the time, he was only one of uh, five players. He became the fifth player to get 100 caps with the England national team. Um, and one other thing in in like David Beckham like style, he had his own uh, Adidas cleats that were actually gold because he was presented. Um, he was presented with an actual golden. Uh, so Sir Bobby Charlton gave him an actual gold cap like that uh, during the game or at the end of the game. Um, and he actually had his own cleats that had the um, England flag on it. And then that were all gold. So very cool. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm, I was very happy with that. Um, especially cause I'm, for some odd reason, I've been seeing videos of David Beckham hitting the ball inter Miami like practices lately. Um, so maybe he's making a comeback. Maybe he's going to go back on a 10 day. Well, I have a kid named Beckham on my team, and he's like, they call me David for a reason. I was like, you don't have David in your name, so I don't know. <laughs> Does he really say that? Yes. <laughs> That's the first thing he ever said to me. So his name's Beckham, and he said, yeah, you'll see why. <laughs> I mean, that's good for him. Bold statement from a 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. All right, um, fair play of the week. Who do you have? Fair play of the week. I'm going to give it to the tournament director from last weekend, uh, Mike Liber and his crew. I know it's got to be tough to put on a tournament in two separate states, uh, but everything went well. Everything was good. Uh, things were efficient. You know, they did things the right way. So props to them for putting on that tournament last weekend. And good luck to them with their tournament that they're putting on this weekend. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Tournament tournament folks are doing a great job uh, trying to get everything sorted out. So mine goes out to um, Theodore Whitmore. Uh, you know, uh, Tapa Whitmore, who is the Jamaica national team coach. Um, because, uh, in a long time, they haven't had a Jamaican born, uh, national team coach and, uh, and he's trying to bring back the, the national team to, you know, trying to bring back the reggae boys to a, uh, to the world, the world stage, um, you know, trying to get him back in the world cup and, and ultimately like, to be honest with you, I thought they actually played a good game yesterday against the US. I thought they 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 competed really well. Um considering they've had some players that like there was a player that came in that plays in the sixth division of England. Um so uh they went so and and what I what I what I what I really like and this is where my fair why my fair play goes to him is because he wants to hold the Jamaican football federation to a higher standard. So they had a visa issue with their physio, with their athletic trainer. And uh, so they couldn't take, they didn't have one. 
when they went to uh, Austria right now for right. the for this like international um, tour. So they had to basically like outsource one from when they got to Austria. They had to hire somebody to basically come in and be the be the athletic trainer. And he and he he went out in public. He stated that that was unacceptable. That was uh, that was unprofessional. That that made them look really bad. And I agree with them. I think I think the fact that you know you're the you're the national team coach for Jamaica, and you want to make sure that you know if if we want to play at, at a better level, then we also need to be at a better level within ourselves. Well, um, yeah. Well, you're the head athletic trainer and for a national team, not a domestic team. So you can't even leave the country. No, I think he was based out of the U.S. and like there was some visa issues or something like that. <laughs> like, and they didn't sort them out. They tried to sort them out the last minute, and they couldn't work or whatever it was. So, like again, I think the fact that like he's he's, he's trying to, to start, he's trying to like redo everything, and he wants to make sure it's done properly. Um, he's not just trying to like put duct tape on the sinking ship. Um, it's it's a good thing. Um, so yeah, because I mean Corey Burke had to go back to Jamaica for a little bit to straighten his visa out too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so big shout out to uh, coach Whitmore uh, from, from Jamaica. So, well, Dwayne, um, by the time this goes out today um, or by the time people listen to it, unless they're like really waiting for it to drop to listen to it, I will have played my game or I will be in the middle of my game. Um, so I will for sure tell you how it goes tomorrow and we will talk yeah, about it. Best or the worst coach in Odessa girls high school soccer history. That's one way to put it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell the players. That'll be the pregame speech. Listen, girls, you have the ability to make me either the best uh, soccer coach in the school's history or the absolute worst soccer coach in the school's history. They have the opportunity to be the best or the worst. Or the worst team. Yeah, there you go. Worst That's JV right. team, right? You put, right. A, put a JV next to it because you're right. not part of it. No, that'll be next year. So, uh, so yeah. So well, I guess next year you had the opportunity to do it all over again. Yeah, then I can just get to be yeah. JV coach in Odessa high school history, and they'd be the best varsity, varsity coach. coach. That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.